1: This is Channel 2 Radio, the Mindset Matters Show with Zenat Nurani.
2: Hello, hello, beautiful people, and it's that time for the week for the Mindset Matters Talk Show. I'm your host, Zenat Nurani, for the next hour and a half from 10:30 to 12 noon. I'd like to welcome back any of my regular listeners and welcoming any new listeners that are tuning in today. Now, as always, I kicked off uh, the show with my favourite tune, Climb by Miley Cyrus, a song that is a really great reminder of how there are lots of challenges and obstacles on the way, but it's about keeping going. How can we find solutions and resources to help us climb that mountain, get over it on the other side. And of course, with the right mindset, and the right support, anything is possible. So thanking Intune PR, who sponsors this show. Every time they get a client media coverage, or they write a perfect piece of content for their blogs and websites. They love it. And are so proud that they can support businesses out there with the skills and talents that they have. They are also proud to support this show, The Mindset Matters, which shares much needed wisdom and helps people every week. And that is absolutely, absolutely true. And on the note, if it is your first time listening in, this show is all about being dedicated to supporting and making a difference in bringing about awareness around how we can break down stigmas and taboos around the mental health and wellbeing field. We share lots of different aspects on this show and how they affect us. But importantly, the messages don't ignore those signs and symptoms because if you do, it can impact your overall, sorry, your overall well-being and can be a lot more detrimental to your mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. Now, also on this show, we share lots of tips, tools, insights, and stories. Stories from expert professionals on how they are helping and supporting their clients. We have amazing discussions, but also the stories that change people's lives. Those people that share the deepest and darkest moments of their lives and how they have found a way to move forward have seen the light. So there is hope. There absolutely is hope and you have got to have hope. So thank you to all my past guests so far. Um, Without you, this show would not be running as well. So thank you for your insights, taking time to share your stories, your expertise as well. Now, throughout the show, please do connect with me on social media. Uh, If you've got any messages you'd like me to shout out about, whether it's about yourself, something you're doing for someone, or any news that you've heard out around your borough, the world, then please do email me at MindsetHorizons at gmail.com. That's MindsetHorizons at gmail.com. Right, what have I got in store for you today? Well, I've got a lovely recorded interview from Olivia Penfold and uh, Nathaniel. And they are two actors that I went to see at Marble Cake. And I think I might have mentioned in my previous shows that I went to watch them. So I would love to play their interview, which we have also used for the Bromley Buzz podcast. And if you would like to see the review of Marble Cake that I did, then pop over to bromleybuzz.uk. So yes, do um, tune in for that if you're popping out or make sure you listen on the replay. Two great, talented actors indeed. Um, yes, remember you can watch this show or any past shows on my Anchor platform where I transfer all of these from the radio show to anchor.fm forward slash Zenat hyphen Nirani MSM also available on all the audible platforms such as Spotify, Google, Apple, Amazon, etc, etc, etc. So to kick off, we're going to start off with my, um, weekly affirmation. Now remember, life is an ongoing journey, take time to really see the goodness and beauty within your strength, and the strength of others as well. And when faced with adversity, it can be hard at times to see the woods for the trees, fears and uncertainties begin to set in. And this is a natural feeling. But the important thing here is to acknowledge and accept those thoughts and feelings and do not let them or those fears hold you back. Let those fears make you stronger. Believe in yourself and yeah, make a note and share your thoughts around uh, this and your inspirations. Okay, let it flow through you. So today's affirmation is, I fill my breath up with joy and breathe it in. And that joy flows easily into my life. I fill my breath up with joy and breathe it in. And that joy flows easily into my life. Right, so... um highlights and stories. I'm going to do a few of these, then we're going to go into a music break. And when we come back, we're going to dive straight into Marble Cakes interview. But first of all, a big shout out to Jackie, Jackie Wheel, who is Darren Wheels of Intune PR, his wife. She's an amazing lady and has got so much spirit. And I just want to say thank you to her. Uh, for being around, being a good friend, being a real support in what I do as the Clarity Coach but also in what I do with Darren Wheel in our campaign the Let's Talk Better. So thank you Jackie very much for being a great supporter of what I do. Also huge well done to Loretta Wright who launched the Abbas Award which is A-B-B-B-A-E, above and beyond Bromley Business Awards. That was last week held at the Warren in Hayes. And they had a wonderful uh, ABBA tribute band there too. But it was such an amazing event and she pulled all the stops. I mean, everything from uh, merchandising, to welcoming people. I mean, it was an incredible event and something that we truly, truly needed in the borough of Bromley, bringing businesses together, networking, communicating and celebrating the great work that we all do. And a huge, huge congratulations to all the winners, that one and the um, semi-finalists and everyone who entered because it's something that's really great for people's well-being, you know, the mental well-being and celebrating all those wonderful things that are happening. So, thank you, Loretta Wright. We're all looking forward because I know there's talks about next year. So, bring on 2024 Abbas Awards. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to talk about also the panto that I wanted to put on. So. I'm putting on a panto on the 16th of December and tickets got sold out in October, which I never ever imagined in my entire life would sell out so quickly. I mean, pantos are great for people's well-being, mental well-being, isn't it? It brings again the community together. Now this production is Aladdin and um, I've got the wonderful Mercedes Yealy from Quest Soul Theatre who I asked would she would come on board because she is a talented drama and actor and well-being specialist in the drama field. So, I mean, of course, I have that experience, but two heads are better than one. So I uh, and Mercedes are directing and producing the Aladdin panto. And we have the lovely Mark Brown from SMB records, Sarah Marsh Collins from digital Babel Monkey Digital Marketing, Darren Wheel of Intune PR, Chandra Sharma, Elmcroft Business Services, Emma uh, Mayhew, um, Brand Planning, Jane Rogers from Content <clears throat> PR, Content Writing PR, Trevor Davis from Voice Over, also a business development um, person, uh, Loretta Wright, who is the editor of Life in Magazines, Bromley Orbiton, and soon bringing out a new magazine, the Beckenham. We've got Mercedes's daughter who jumped in at the very last minute as jamson So, thank you, thank you, thank you, Sorsha, for doing that. You're a real superstar. Um, we have... Oh, my goodness. I'm blanking and blanking. Who else have I got on board that I've not mentioned? I think I've mentioned everyone. Of course, myself, and I'll be playing the Emperor. And... Um, yeah i think that's all of us oh yes and of course mercedes will be playing um pong Trevor's playing ping and yeah sorry i had to think about that <laughs> for a second so the panto is happening on the 16th of december we are supporting a local uh, community-based youth charity um, on their journey to independence, helping them to make the most of their potential. Now, over 20 years, Just Be have worked with thousands of young people. They are a thriving club in the heart of Bromley area, which is fast becoming a vibrant and diverse community. Now, their mission statement is to serve young people by accompanying them through thick and thin on their journey to independence. Is even more relevant today and in... In this environment as many young people and families are struggling to cope with the difficult times. Through the year they strive to offer young people with a variety of activities which will enable them to be better equipped for their journey. They are really appreciative of everyone who supports them in all the different ways and the hours that they offer volunteering and the financial support that they give. And they continue to, um, without them um, or us, should we say, they would not be able to continue. So they are gr- really, really, extremely grateful. Now, if you would like to donate to them, because they are a chosen charity for the Panto, pop over to HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash CAF. So that's CAF donate dot CAF forward slash 18893 uh, hashtag exclamation mark forward slash donation details. It's a bit lengthy, but if you go over to the Just Be website, then you will find all the details there. So thank you, thank you very much. And yeah, watch this space because I'll be bringing on another one for 2024. I'm already planning another panto. Um, so if you're interested in coming to our panto next year, Get in there early and hopefully we'll see if we can do it at a venue that can accommodate more than 80 seats. We'll be doing it at West Wickham Theatre which is Theatre 62 but unfortunately seating only accommodates 80. Right, as I said we're going to dive into a music break and when we come back we're going to listen to an interview from Marble Cake.
1: Welcome to Mindset Matters, exploring mental health and well-being horizons with CNat Noorani. This show is dedicated to offering insights, support, and tips, covering a range of topics related to addressing your mental health and well-being. Each week, guest experts and brave inspirational people share their personal journey and experiences about their recovery, bringing awareness and change to the importance of breaking through this long-standing negative stigma.
2: So I'm sat here with uh, Nathaniel Allen and Olivia Penhal, who are actors, and I recently saw you guys at your production at the Churchill Theatre, Marble Cake. Mm-hmm. But before we dive into Marble Cake, um, I want you to go- introduce yourselves, who you are, Where you're from, Mm -hmm. and then we'll get into the nitty gritty bits of marble cake and the production and everything. So, Mm -hmm. welcome to the Bromley Buzz. Thanks
3: Thanks for having us. Thanks, yeah. Okay, well, so uh, I'm Nathaniel Allen. I live in Croydon. I've been there for about 25 years now. Uh, So basically, my whole life. Um, I studied uh, theatre at the Brit School. I also uh, was part of the Young Company at the Churchill Theatre. That's when I first became kind of involved in the Churchill Theatre. Oh, wow. Yeah, back when I was... uh, In fact, you know what? It's funny because I started those two kind of institutes on the same day. I went to the Brit School Open Day and I went to the um, Churchill Theatre Young Class Young company two on the same day, and from there I still work at both those institutes. So uh, yeah, I'm really kind of thankful for that. because uh, <laughs> that changed
2: a lot? The church also, absolutely isn't?
3: yeah. Well, because I started <laughs> as in the in the young company, and then I was getting like too old for it. Um, and I asked my uh, boss Karen if I could have a job there, um, thinking I'd get like some front of house stuff or something like that. But um, she actually offered me to be the assistant director of the young company. Um, wow. Yeah, and from there I've uh, done that for a while, and now I'm the co-director of young company one and two. So. I've been there since then, so it's been over 10 years now, so yeah, really cool, so really integrated into that theatre, it's a beautiful theatre, like 700 seats in the main house, and then obviously where you came, it's much more intimate, small space, that is very uh, versatile, you can have... Work on the stage, work in the round like we did, or um, or different ends. Yeah, and that thrust. was in the studio. Wasn't exactly. It? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. So that's really cool. Um, so I worked there, and um, and after I graduated Brit School, I went on to Mount View, which is a drama school. Um, trained there for three years, and then finished, graduated that in two thousand eighteen. So I've been working as an actor since then, and a drama facilitator. So um, teaching drama and acting and facilitating to younger people. Um, I also work um, for a company called Storymakers, which is a, another local com- company mm-hmm. uh, working in the Orpington, Chislehurst, up um, kind of area. And we uh, do basically short one person plays for children um, aged from zero to five. And they come and they meet someone who's, who's lost something. And then we go on a journey around, uh, around about and we eventually find that thing in the end. So it's really nice, especially after COVID as well. You know, bringing kids back into an environment where they can interact with someone in real life and also other kids around, so yeah. Which
2: I think is wonderful because COVID has impacted Absolutely. a lot of those Absolutely. social skills Absolutely. and that confidence yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That you do, so, so it's brilliant.
3: brilliant. Yeah, so that's that's me. Yeah, yeah. And you
2: can handle these zero to five-year-olds <laughs> that <They're laughs> crazy. It's, it's, like, been, a new, it's <laughs> been a
3: new challenge, I tell you, when I first got in there, like, if anyone would fall over or cry or whatever, like, oh! know what to do in this situation <laughs> and hope that a mum or a dad or someone's going to come and help me out but I think I'm getting a bit more used to it now but it's been a year though so it's taking its, taking its time but I do love working with kids though they are like fascinating and I think being an actor as well there's so much about play you know mm-hmm. and so much we can learn from them watching them so you know with all my kids even the, um, the year 12 and 13s at Brit um, you, you can just learn so much from them so uh, it's brilliant to be in that environment all the time I think you know fantastic yeah. amazing
4: Yeah, Yeah. so um, thanks for having us on the podcast. We're really happy to be here, number one. Um, And my name's Olivia Penhalo. I'm an actor. I went to the Brit School with Nathaniel, uh, although we didn't study the same thing. I did musical theatre, he did theatre. So I was... Not on the cool side of Brit School, let's just say. You <laughs> know there was a cool side of the. Well, well, there is. Like... Oh, okay. <laughs> I strand politics, <laughs> isn't there? always theatre is not there, <laughs> <laughs> but it was fantastic, and Ooh. I loved it. And um, I so I studied there. Before that, I actually did used to go to a, a theatre school um, in Bromley. Uh, it's just actually on Bromley Road called DMB Performing Arts. Uh, it's sort of in Downham, so it's kind of oh, down yes, the Bolly yes, Road yes, on the left hand side. Yep. It's above what used to be Ward's, which I yeah. think is now. I'm not sure what it is now. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's on the corner, isn't it? On the corner. Yeah. Yep. So I grew up doing that, and then did drama at school, and then went to Brit School, and that's when I kind of got a bit more serious about it. Um, and then I studied French and drama at Royal Holloway University. So it's uh, Staines, Egham kind of area. So it's just outside of London. So it was it was a great course, and it was a good. Combination of things, so French and so language mm. stuff, and some acting, but it was more kind of it was a slightly more theory-based course. Obviously, drama as a degree at university is different yeah. to acting at a drama school. Absolutely. So, I kind of just felt like I wanted to sort of do more. So, I did acting courses outside of um, university and. Then when I left, I kind of carried on sort of getting involved in sort of bits and pieces of productions mm-hmm. that I could. Um, I joined a theatre company called The People's Company, which is based in South Playhouse. It's a really great oh, yes, company. African, yeah. yeah, and it's yeah. um it's run by John Whelan, who's the artistic director, and it's great because it's kind of a lot of community theatre. A lot of the theatre productions that we do there are based kind of on local stories, local history. It's a local history theatre company, essentially. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah we're based in Southwark Playhouse so we perform there but also I do quite a lot of performances sort of in different projects within the Southwark community Um, and not just in Southwark actually I did one last year for the Windrush uh, a Windrush project that was in Islington actually in Caledonian Mm -hmm. Park so kind of different bits and pieces of community theatre basically a lot of the time it's telling taking interviews um, and making them into monologues and sort of performing them or creating plays and Um, I wrote a play this summer actually and directed a group of actors I wasn't in it so I wasn't able to be here but um, that was a great writing experience yeah Um, Yeah. and then other stuff we were talking about bridge house weren't we earlier and I was um, Mm. involved in a play about mental health with Nathan actually called just relax um, directed by Lucy Harris and that was a brilliant opportunity for both of us I think wasn't it so um, to kind of explore the sort of in more detail kind of how anxiety manifests and how it affects diff- different people, people. differently. Yeah. Basically, yeah, it, it was a brilliant play written and based on quite a lot of her own experiences. Okay. So that was really inspiring. Where being was that? in that, that was in twenty twenty one. We did it okay. first at yeah. House Theatre. Then we did it at the Hope Theatre in um, in Islington. Actually, um, in twenty twenty two. That was last year, last May. As
2: well. yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, it was really moving writing as well, and it was great being involved in that. Um it was us and three others um And yeah, and so I mean, I work full time for a cultural strategy agency as a project producer. So that's like my day job. So day job, night job. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of the whole thing. But you Troubling know, do, yeah, literally. yeah, it's quite tough to it. juggle. Yes. Oh yeah. my goodness. It yes. is tough. It is tough juggling it. But yeah. I think where both of us have kind of you know united and sort of found common ground mm. is the fact that we kind of want to be doing more. Creating more work basically, yeah. and, and yeah. performing in more stuff, and so we kind of just about between our ridiculous schedules, my <laughs> full time job and other things, Nathaniel's <laughs> all his different jobs, and, yeah. and we sort of managed to kind of come together on this this project specifically. But um, yeah, amazing, amazing. And talking about you know you guys uniting,
2: how did you guys though you you know you were at the same Brits Yeah, is that and that's where you met.
3: We actually met before. No, oh, you met before that. No, yeah. it goes oh, back.
2: We've known okay. each other probably about twenty
4: years. <laughs> okay, so this give is why sort of brief overview yeah. of how you guys.
3: This might be why we were able to do uh, create the kind of sibling uh, bond that we were trying to create yeah. on stage so well because we have known each other for Pitcher so long. Butter. So yeah, <laughs> we uh, when we were eleven, it must have been there's in Beckenham Spa. There was a, I don't remember now or not, but uh, there was a <laughs> summer school called Buzz. Uh, mm-hmm. where you could do swimming, you could play basketball, you could do all this kind space of stuff. Zone. Space zone, um, and uh, we both attended there. Um, I've got a younger sister, and live actually was more friends with my younger sister there. But we had met there, so we knew mm-hmm. each other there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we uh, were at Brit school in not even in a creative class in maths class, and uh, we thought Are you look lost? familiar, you yeah. familiar, and we kind of worked oh, back wow. as to how we knew each other. Um and um, and I think so from Brit school, obviously our relationship kind of fully blossomed, but uh, but we had. Had previously, if you will. Um, from Buzz. So yeah, and then and then at Brick, we just became very very good friends there, and have since become best friends. Uh, for like you say, two two decades. Really
2: yeah, now, long so, time, yeah, long
4: mm-hmm. time. Long time. Yeah,
2: yeah. Amazing. So how many productions have you done together?
3: It's just the two, isn't it's it? It's Just two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You did
4: two runs of Just Relax and one now of Marble Cake. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, okay. So, yeah. Uh, so bringing us on to Marble
2: Cake, um, I'm just looking at some of my questions here to doddle because my eyesights absolutely terrible <laughs> um how did how did it come to do your debut at the Churchill theater yeah in the studio how did that come about I think yeah. Your experience, obviously, from being there. Yeah,
3: well, the the beauty of, of, of me working there, like as I say, my uh, boss currently programs the space. She programs what goes in the studio space. So it was brilliant um, for me to be able to say to she's so supportive um, that we have kind of new writing. We have this really good idea. Um, there was lots of plays going on at the time. For example, um, African Schoolgirls, Schoolgirls, uh, or the African Mean Girls that was on at Live CamerSmith, which is a play talking about Black culture and stuff like that. Um, and it was just. We wanted to be part of that conversation and stuff like that, because we feel like we, there's stuff out there that talks about the mixed race identity, but maybe not as in depth as a whole play. Um, and it was it was Liv, I have to give Liv full credit for it, it was Liv's uh, um, idea to, to make this play happen. So um, when she said to me, I'd like to make this play happen, I was like, well, brilliant, because we have a venue, we can do it at this venue, because I work here. And we did a co-production with the Churchill, which meant uh, we could rehearse it for free. And um, and yeah, and they were really supportive um, along the way, helping us um, promote and helping us with um, like tech, like Max, our tech guy, and things like that. Um, so. So that's how we managed to put it on at Churchill as you say, because of my connection with there, um, and and yeah, and we could it worked out
4: really well. It like worked it, out really well, yeah. brilliant. Yeah,
3: and it meant that like a uh, few people said to us like after oh, it felt like it was like meant for that space, yeah. like in the round in that space. And what was brilliant is because we were allowed to rehearse so much in there, mm-hmm. we could really like get entrenched and really like work with the space and know exactly where we were going, what we were doing. You know what I mean? And really familiarize ourselves with it. So yeah, that was useful. I mean, I, you
2: know, I. When I came to watch it, and we will talk about what it is, because we'll have to rewind a little <laughs> bit, we've we'll kind of jumped into it, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, we yeah. we're probably going to be saying, what are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when I came to see it, um, I you know, I hadn't seen anything in that space before, mm. yeah. so it was really nice, and it worked really well, and I kind of went away thinking, I wonder if that would have had the same feeling, had you been in the bigger theatre, on stage, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because we felt like we were in it. Yes. Um, from the moment, like as I said, when I wrote the blog, from the moment the curtains went up yeah. till you know the yeah. final applause, <laughs> it was like, yeah. Oh, my
3: gosh. That means so much, Liz. Thank you so much. The yeah, whole idea you. of putting it in the round was that we were hoping that um, the audience would almost just be pulling back the curtain or part of the walls, you know, yeah. of, of this two, of these this brother and sister, these siblings. Um, and the other idea is that if you were to see uh, the characters, Kumi, I play Kumi, and uh, Liv play Keisha, if you were to see these characters outside of this living room, they might not act like that. Yes. But it's once the two siblings are thrust together in this space that's when it all comes yeah. out. Right. So, so let's yeah. stop
2: there. Let's rewrite <laughs> yeah. and go back to the beginning in yes. terms of the what is
4: Marble Cake, okay, the process yeah. and how it came about. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. I yes, what I'm sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Marble Cake is a play about a mixed race brother and sister who are trying to navigate their race, essentially. And how the play came about was well obviously we've just spoken about our history and how long we've known each other and um, it was actually my boyfriend who suggested to me why don't you do a project just with Nathan, just you two, you know, and really like focus in. And I had a, I kind of really thought about it and I thought it fe- felt like a really good idea and obviously I came to Nathan, he's, he agreed thankfully and we've, sure. we started on this journey. Yeah. But you know, we kind of talked a lot about what what sort of theatre do we want to make and why do we want to make it Mm -hmm. and what's our motivation what's our underpinning objective really for this type of play obviously the ultimate aim is to kind of entertain people on a level but equally we wanted to we didn't want to we're new writers as well we wanted to use our own personal experiences not just because we just because but but because of the message driving us we didn't want to just make up Imaginary characters that we didn't have a connection to. We wanted to sort of loosely base the characters on versions of ourselves, slash versions of people that we know, and based on conversations yeah, that we've had reality, through our life, and bring it? it. Yeah, make make it an authentic, mm. authentic piece that's really come from somewhere. That's that's hopefully going somewhere. That. Wasn't just kind of just pulled out of thin air. It wasn't just a rabbit out of a hat. This it was idea, very educational as well. Yeah, okay. and, and that's thank the, that's you, yeah. thank but you saying think. that. It, we mm. really wanted to to kind of convey that and and to bring that out. And so then yeah, basically we kind of came to the decision that we wanted to do a sort of one act play. You know, one act, one like one hour roughly. Okay, it was probably about an hour and fifteen in the end. But that type of length, we felt like that would be a manageable project and a manageable kind of. A goal to aim for rather than sort of becoming so i think the danger is when you're sort of starting out writing and creating theatre sort of devising it yourselves mm-hmm. um you can be it's very easy to be quite ambitious and to try and make you know create loads of drama and set and you know effects and i think that you know both of us really knew that we wanted to try and sort of keep it really intimate keep mm-hmm. it and not be too ambitious and just do do what we could do on in the level that we were doing it to a good level rather than sort of try to be too you know overconfident i guess with with kind of with it and also i think that you know having a more intimate story that's based on reality and our own experiences it didn't feel like we wanted to sort of make it too performative we wanted to keep it really natural and Mm -hmm. you know keep it about a relationship basically about a brother and sister you know, and because we're such close friends in real life, you know, I feel like Nathan's my brother. And, yeah. you know, yeah. we kind of felt, well, let's just play with yeah. that. Let's use that existing relationship and the chemistry that we already have in that way in, in the form of characters. And right what mean? helped
3: us, well, just to add on to that sibling thing, we also wanted to show how different the mixed race experience is, uh, even in the same family. You know, even in the same yeah. family, there's two people having a different experience of essentially the same thing, yeah. isn't it? So, uh, so that helped us out with that, I think, yeah. didn't it?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. We kind of, we did sort of play with the idea of maybe, because the, the just for the listeners, we, the characters are brother and sister. They've got the same mum and the same dad. The mum's white and the dad's black. Um, and we kind of, we chose to go down that route rather than it being, you know, different mum, same dad, different dads, or, or you know, yeah. different different parents, which we kind of, we talked about that, and we but we felt that actually for the purpose of the play to make it a bit more easy for people to kind of understand and see the direction that we're on, we kind of chose to do, mm. to set the characters out like that. Um, even though we did sort of toy with the idea of doing it, you know, but it just would have made it a bit more complicated to explain the time that we were trying to mm. do it. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: I've, got, I've got questions racing in my head as well. <laughs> um, so, I think you might have answered this, but what is the experience of those of mixed race and origin? I mean, what is that kind of experience for yourself or people that you know around that because there's a lot of talk about that and people actually people also don't talk about it um, and and sometimes the people that are not are not sure how to approach it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah we definitely
3: um, struggled ourselves trying to articulate it you know definitely because you have like
2: PC or not yeah precisely
3: Mm -hmm. absolutely you know and and terms are changing all the time Mm -hmm. um, you know I actually um, do some unconscious bias training as well live as like head of a D Mm diversity and inclusion um, team at her work. Yeah. So we are kind of involved in these conversations and stuff, but it doesn't, um, it doesn't make it any easier, really, when you're exploring it for yourself. Um, I know we had um, lots of conversations, Liv and I had, that kind of didn't make it into the play, but like around the play that we were like, oh snap, yeah. We're really starting to kind of open up and see what it is because essentially it's sometimes um, uh, feeling like you're on one side or the other. I think that's a, that's a big thing, I, that is that you feel like you might have to choose You're either on uh, this side like let's mm. just make it let's just say black and white for now, right? You're yeah. either on the black side or the white side. Sometimes not feeling that you fit in on the black side. Sometimes not mm. feeling you fit in on the white side. And that and um, and it,
4: being judged for your choice. And being just for, sure, for your choice. Yeah.
3: Absolutely, that, that society comes in exactly. Yeah. And what we wanted to highlight in our play as well is microaggressions as well, which is people saying things they don't necessarily mean it. They're not trying to offend you. Sometimes they are, but sometimes they're not. Um, and just how that can affect you too. And it can right. really like make yeah. you question yourself. And like, well, why is that? Well, you know, I don't want to be like uh, perceived as a white person because I'm not because I am Mm. black and white but then is there anything wrong with that as well you know and all these questions that are thrown up from childhood, from adulthood um, that we just were trying to make sense of this is the thing like the play we're not trying to answer these questions and say this is the answer if you are mixed race watch this play and you will know all the answers now we're just trying to say that you know if you are mixed race hopefully or dual heritage you can come to this play and feel uh, that uh, oh there's people that I can relate to and like you said and it's, okay. What, and it's okay and if you aren't of dual heritage and you can come to play and watch and go oh I didn't realize I was saying that and maybe mm. someone's feeling that way or like you said you know you could be educated to be like oh I see maybe that's why this person does that or does this or whatever now mm. you know and it's always like you said about um at the theater there's always like a chance to educate and entertain and that's like what what you aim to do don't you really Mm. so that your audience is left taking something away you know taking something away from the experience so um, yeah we're just trying to open up that conversation to a wider audience as big an audience as we can really and as I said, we are saying earlier about being part of the conversation about race you know like London is such a multicultural place but do we really you know are we having the conversation enough really yeah. are we and know? it's
2: interesting you say that so myself and Darren we'll, um, we um, founded the let's talk better campaign brilliant and we launched it in February last year yeah Oh, well, this year, sorry, this year, we've done yeah. three events already. So, yeah. oh my God, we're coming up to a year now. Wow. for our wow. well, congratulations. February, yeah. yes, Great. Great and it's been so wonderful because it's about inspiring better conversations yes, around stigma, taboo topics, everything from sexual abuse to racism to yes. suicide, the whole shebang. Um, how do we do this? And actually it's opened up some great conversations which, mm. you know, we didn't
3: think. Brilliant, yeah. Well,
2: and that's what yeah. it's all about.
3: And sometimes it's a way of getting in rather than going, OK, we're talking about this now, talk. You know, it's go to the theatre, watch this. Oh, we can talk with a drink afterwards about what we felt about yeah. that, you know? Or we can watch this film or we can do this art or we can whatever. And it and that helps people to come into the conversation. I know we didn't realise, I, I don't think, or I definitely didn't realise what we had created um, in terms of this play that allowed so many people to come into it through different avenues, through um, the storyline and stuff mm. like that. And I feel like being able to come into the play and then hear the race conversation on top of that allows you to be invested in it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah,
2: I mean, while you guys were performing, it highlighted things in my own life. And then I was also looking around at people's expressions because I'm always looking Absolutely. at people, because of the job the that I do, you know, years, as well. In and in I'm looking at them and I'm like, <laughs> no, I need to keep watching. Here. No, yeah, definitely. It was really, really bizarre, but yeah. um, it really kind of got things... Questioning and like you said about ourselves. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't doing the play, but yeah. I was sat there and I was thinking, oh, okay, yeah. that's my relationship, or you know, yes. um, you know, you talked about you know people putting judgments or stigmas. I mean, so many times people say to me, "Where are you from?" This is it. And I'll go, "Well, I've got Indian, Yemeni, East African yeah. blood," and they'll be like, "But where's your curly hair and mm. your big lips?" And I'm like, "No, that's just not how it works. It, not, it doesn't not work not, that yeah, way." Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, literally,
4: this is the thing, don't they they don't, exactly. you don't give them the answer they want, and then this it's, is just, it. it's awkward. Yeah. yeah,
3: and you've got like lines that are exactly like that in the play. About yeah, you. I yeah. think,
4: um, I don't know if it helps to sort of tell the story a little bit. Um, mm. but.
2: And on that note, we're going to go into a quick music break, and when we come back, we're going to continue listening to the rest of the interview with Olivia and uh, Nathaniel from Marble Cake. And we have the next tune which is... Come back, peaceful! Whoa! Easy now. I'm gonna be free
5: on that. I've been walking, with my face turned to...
2: Where is she? This one stand up official show, lyric from and performed by Cynthia
5: Eva. I'll be free your dad. I've been walking with my face turned to the sun. Weight on my shoulder. Feel the night That's where the
0: I'd like to pick
1: a new name to mark your freedom. Parentum. Welcome to Mindset Matters, exploring mental health and well-being horizons with Sinat Noorani. This show is dedicated to offering insight, support and tips covering a range of topics related to addressing your mental health and well-being. Each week, guest experts and brave inspirational people share their personal journey and experiences about their recovery, bringing awareness and change to the importance of breaking through this long-standing negative stigma
2: what a fantastic tune that was and actually that's from a movie that was released in uh, november and it's actually called stand up um, i had a look at the video and it looks really really powerful and incredible um, it's based on a thrilling and inspirational life of an iconic American freedom fighter, Harriet, that tells the extraordinary tale of Harriet uh, Tubman's escape from slavery transformation into one of America's greatest heroes. Her courage, uh, ingenuity and tenacity freed hundreds of slaves and changed the course of history. What a great tune. Anyway, without further ado, let's get back to the rest of the interview of Marvel Cake.
4: It basically, the whole kind of point of the play is it's a conflict. There's a conflict going on internally for both of them. The, my character, Keisha, knows that and she's very aware of that and she wants to make her brother aware of it too because mm. he's not really aware of it, he's not tuned in just yet. It's only when the play starts, that's when her kind of questioning starts with him which leads him to kind of reflect on himself and and ultimately that their differences and their difference of opinion is what kind of causes them a lot of like heartache really. Um, And I think, and then that's that's the kind of point we're trying to make really is that, Mm -hmm. you know, for each individual it is so different and it doesn't, you know, it can actually cause you pain. Yeah. As a person, you know, yeah. and and not knowing and not being and not being able to know where to navigate yourself, depending on where you've grown up and what influences have been more prevalent in your life or less prevalent. You know, what friends you've been with, what yeah, schools identity, you've gone with. You know, it? all of that makes an identity, and people sort of look and they see what they see on the outside, but that's just a small part of like who you really are. Mm. And I think that because of the assumptions that come with having you know brown skin basically especially like you know mixed race brown skin it's not kind of specific you sort of there's more questions there's more Mm. cultural ambiguity um and that i think confuses people and then it makes you feel insecure yeah mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah yeah it's, I mean I you know I with one of my um, siblings my brother I had a conversation
2: about that because we often talk about identity yeah. and things quite yeah. a lot about where do we fit in also it depends where you've grown up and then yeah. you see back to it yeah, totally. mm-hmm. I mean one of the things you spoke about earlier was the wind rush situation yeah right, about that whole thing I mean well you know what's
4: your thoughts on yeah. that? I mean I think, I mean, working on this project last year was, uh, it was an amazing project Um, in a nutshell. It was basically, it was an arts in the park um, ran it and it was a kind of project that brought together visual arts, different areas of the community, stories, storytelling, which is Mm. where I kind of came into it, local, basically sort of trying to talk to local people from the Windrush Mm. generation, telling their stories, so through the interviews or creating monologues and then creating a kind of mural Um, to to showcase it and the backdrop of the stage in the park was this amazing mural that was kind of all these different community groups contributed to Mm -hmm. Um, and then we performed the stories and and, and actually quite a lot of the people who the stories were from were watching and Mm. you know it was just people's reaction to it was brilliant and it was just really nice to sort of do something like that with a purpose and I think it definitely filled with the Windrush generation you know things that have happened in recent years you know in politics and with the government, you know, it's there's been a, a lot of unfair kind of conversation and these experiences, mm-hmm. you know, these people that have kind of grown up in this country or spent most of their lives in these country and that then being questioned on that, yeah. you know, and, and kind of the, like, basically the systemic racism mm-hmm. that's at the heart of that, really, mm-hmm. and the kind of, like, the outcast the feeling of being the outcast and sort of this kind of confusion mentally of sort of where do you belong? Like if Because also, a lot of the time, people that have grown up in countries that aren't actually where they were born, yeah. go back and then don't feel part of it. Exactly. And then don't feel like that they've re- and then what happens then? What happens then, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, gosh, we could talk on forever and ever about that. You know, it's interesting because we talk about the siblings and the differences. Um, I have a friend of mine who's um, got two boys and one of, um, the parents are both Asian, Mm. so Indian, but one's from Pakistan one's from India. Mm. And the children that they have, the two boys, one, I suppose, looks Indian, you know, black hair, brown skin and all that. The other one, pale skin, he actually looks Irish, Ginger oh. hair, wow. C- oh, wow, with freckles. Okay, completely different. And it's the same mum and dad. Yeah, but that fascinating, is like yeah. the, the, you know. Sometimes that because I I said to them, you know, how how does that work? Yeah, you know. um yeah. Luckily, they haven't had. They, they've been quite lucky in terms of you know being together. Yeah, and people yeah. aren't, yeah. Well, no, oh. yeah, yeah. That kind yeah. Of. But you know, it's interesting Definitely. the difference that can yeah.
3: come out. Hundred percent. I mean, my sister. um, you know she has got brown eyes and brown hair and my hair's a bit lighter and I've got green eyes so um, yeah it, it's just it's just completely different experiences yeah. isn't it it yeah. really really is
4: and I think also kind of like you know adding kind of the different sort of genders as well mm. on top of that you know sort of yeah, that that's kind of legend. also adds a whole other layer Legendary. to you know Definitely. to, to Definitely. identity um mm. And, you know, in this in this play, you know, I was playing a female character and Nathan was playing a male character. And I think then trying to kind of get that, that add that bit of the conversation in without sort of becoming too like, we want to teach people about yeah, what it's no. like. And, you know, it's, it's hard because we wanted to get it nuanced enough that it felt believable because then I felt like, well, both of us felt that people would actually sort of take it in more. Yes. rather than being told and it's not you know yeah because nobody likes to be told it's like it's actually actually that's it yeah that's it but
3: yeah there's times where we were writing we would be like we'd write a bit and then go back to it and go well look you've said this but we now need to mention this because you don't just like scoot over those things Mm. they are things that need to be said yeah Yeah. they are You can't just
4: plonk it in exactly yeah deal with it precisely (laughs) so exactly what
3: you're saying that flow and the nuances and all that kind of stuff like you get that through going back to the um, text and getting people to read it for you and help you, you know, mm. analyze and stuff. Because uh, you know you can miss that in in the. Great yeah, and like I that. think as
4: well, and with that, you know, there's also an amount that you have to leave to the audience's imagination. Basically, we can't, we shouldn't be trying to spell out everything, that's because exactly. that, then it just becomes not a very interesting experience. To no, exactly. thinking and yeah. curiosity and all it. that. That's and, and making, drawing those conclusions, and, and also because it's, we're not, like we said before, we're not sort of saying this is the mixed race experience, this is exactly yeah. how it is. We're just offering a perspective, yeah. a couple of different perspectives mm-hmm. in this play, mm-hmm. and... You know, whatever people draw from it, we kind of wanted to kind of it to be kind of open. Yeah, flow. absolutely. Amazing.
2: Yeah. So at the end of the performance, there was this message of hope. Yeah. Yeah. So, why did you choose that ending to have that message of? I mean, it was amazing. I had my hair, back of my head. Uh-huh. Hairs in the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I can never say the
3: woods
2: for the trees or the trees for the woods. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, anyway. yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I think um, so. At the end of the play, basically, um, Kesha's uh, character, Lib's character, Kesha, she has a choice. Really, she has a choice to make, and it's a, um, and it's. We wanted to leave it kind of ambiguous, and we felt um, the best way to do that was. Um, I don't know, can I say what it is or should I not say just in case? In yeah, and um, so we have this moment of this kind of embrace between um, Kumi and Keisha and what we wanted to do was show that even through all this, again, that sibling relationship of being able to be hurling abuse at each other and then laughing and dancing together. And what, I don't know if you noticed, Zina, but throughout the play, um, they, they barely touch the brother and sister. Mm. So there's a brief, awkward hug at the beginning yeah. and then all that tension happens throughout the play and then we wanted to kind of dissipate that through this end embrace yeah. um, and really bring it all together um, and it, we just felt that although um, it is it, it can be tough like we've talked so, you know this race conversation is tough it can be tough to uh, navigate it through life it's tough for um, most people in life but um, there is hope and there, there is, is yeah. joy in life and there is um, love isn't there uh, so we wanted to, as much as like, you know, you can go to theatre sometimes and be like, that was a really great play, but I left like, you know, I really like don't know what to do with all this. Mm-hmm. Whereas we were hoping that people can like go away from it, but be in a positive light and like having that kind of powerful, strong image at the end. Mm-hmm. You can be like, yes, I've been on this roller coaster, but that was nice. And I can go out with that nice feeling to kind of spread that or talk about that, you know? Yeah, yeah that's definitely,
4: amazing. definitely. Yeah, I, well, I definitely felt that. Yeah, so yeah of there. equally though, I we didn't want it to be like we kind of tried to as much as possible sort of leave the door kind of open. Like we didn't want it to sort of be oh it all kind of you know wraps up and everything's great and she doesn't go off and she stays and they work it all out and you know she goes to the hospital appointments with the mum or whatever it is because it's like would. You know, would you make that massive decision yeah. in that moment? You'd well, probably be thinking on About
2: what's next, and I was like, wondering if there's
3: going to be a part two.
4: What Does she go? Does she not go? I mean, either way, I think the night before we um, did our first performance of it, we had um, a friend of mine came in and helped um, just to sort of give us a few directional tweaks and, and look at the play and sort of see it because we didn't have loads of people to come really and look at it before the play. So it was great. Um, Mary came along and she just had a conversation with us at the end of it, rather than sort of giving all. Oh, change that, change that, change that, she kind of just spoke to us about what was happening and different bits Mm. of it and we kind of, I think something that really struck me um, from that conversation was um, when we just kind of basically said it's a lose-lose for both Mm. of them in a way, but equally, because whatever happens, you know, Katie's not going to go away and feel good about leaving, Mm. right? She wanted to go there to try Mm. and find out what's good in the brother's life to make him feel a bit better so that she feels a bit better about better leaving self, him, yes. basically. Mm-hmm. And and she's selfish, mm-hmm. you know, that's the, that's kind of the whole point. She's a flawed character. She's not supposed to be this perfect, really appropriate, correct person. She's a real person who is conflicted and complicated. Um, and equally, you know, the brother kind of, Kumi's responses to her and kind of like not, you know, not kind of giving her that conversation, not giving her mm-hmm. that space really to sort of really talk to him about stuff that was really meaningful for her. And all of that sort of conflict, you know, between them. But then, equally, you know, they do they do come back together. And it's just this sort of cycle that kind of just goes around. Mm. This relationships as people, especially families. It happens, yes. Yeah. You know, it yeah. goes yeah. Round, and it round, round and round, round. <laughs> and round. Know, you're like, oh, here we are again. And then yeah. it's like, I really love you. You're so great. But yeah. also, why so are not you like, doing say yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, things go on. Yeah. Um,
2: so what's next for you guys? What's kind of in the...
4: In
3: yeah,
2: future. more marble cake or something else? I think
3: we hope so. So we've got um the checker Theatre Company. That's our company. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that our initial thoughts are to grab some, well, grab try and acquire some funding for this project, yeah. and then take it um on a tour or to festivals and stuff like that. And then after that, we would uh, we would possibly think about doing other projects. So there's a project that Liv's got her mind on um and stuff like that. So, uh, but but in the immediate future, is to get some funding so that like we can take Marble Cake on and and show more people it, really, and like we say, start conversations like this and, and spread the word, I guess, isn't it really? Do you
4: think it's something yeah. that you would take into schools? I, I would be Lovely. open to it I definitely would be open Absolutely. to it I think um you know I think probably it's it's it, we try to sort of set it at 13 plus but only oh. because the themes tackled in it young marble tree mature yeah.
2: soften it for... yeah I think so yeah
4: yeah and I, do, I think some of it might just be too much for the young ones to kind of handle like a few friends asked me oh could my son who's 10 I was like well Depends on the child, I suppose, yeah. right? But, yeah. but yeah. I think overall, you know, it is aimed at, you know, slightly older um, adolescents yeah, at least. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think de- definitely taking it into schools. I think the thing is what was really amazing what came out of that weekend, you know, when you came to see it was the response that we got from it. And actually mm-hmm. to be here, you know, it's so nice to be here talking about this play because before... Before we did it, we kind of weren't really sure which way it would go. No we thought, idea, you know, honestly. it's it's also tough, you know, for anyone listening, you know, it's not easy putting your own production on and creating your own things well, company and you, making it happen with two of you. Is that? harder than doing it with a group of people
2: it was
3: it hard, was hard. <laughs> it was hard it
4: was you know what it was hard in the way of it was more for us like mm. we yeah. had more personally to be responsible for like we literally were running the whole thing and producing it directing it acting it writing yeah. the script trying to create set we had we had an amazing help from different people yes. and you know max was incredible in it as well but but ultimately the buck stopped with us however because there were just two of us it was so much easier. Where our schedules are hectic yeah. to manage, as long as we can get together, we can do the play. Yeah. We can rehearse it. Yeah. We yeah. can and actually, based on other experiences that I've been in productions, it's like trying to manage these people's things and. That one's got that thing. That one's got that job. And, and it's hard to get everyone together in Sounds the room. That's like the pantomime putting on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really tough. Scheduling in rehearsals is. is so yeah. tough. And people get ill and all things yeah, things, yeah, and then people get
2: ill and unexpected yeah. things. So what advice so... would you give to somebody who is starting out and would like to do something like you're doing, you know, because obviously and probably there's the Ripley Arts Centre,
4: there's loads of yeah. theatre places here yeah. who would be listening in, hopefully. and yeah. you know. Have. Yeah, hopefully. It's a great question because I would have loved to have Heard this myself as well um, before we started this, but I think ultimately, having an idea that you really believe in is is where you need to start. You, yeah. you know, you, you can't just kind of like make up something that's going to sort of have the momentum to yeah. really drive forward. Yeah. You've got, got to have it, have an idea mm. and have and go with it. And if even if it is an idea that you are a bit, oh, what are people going to think? Or well, is it going to? Are we going to say it in the right way? Are we going to deal with it in the right way? You know, have the confidence to try it. at least get something down. You know, try and get something down on paper, work with people that you know Mm -hmm. you get on with and that you have a good working relationship with or try and find those people, you know, speak to people in your network that you know. Obviously we had a great help with Nathan's contacts in the Churchill, you know, and that was brilliant. So talking to people that you know, trying to get people invested in the project based on their kind of like, interest in what you're trying mm. to talk about, basically. Like, every time we talk about this play to people, people are like, wow, that sounds really yeah. interesting. And we're like, okay, this is good. We're getting good response from people. Test out your ideas. Yeah, Speak to people. Yeah. Have, have the conversations that you're going to be having in the play, in a way, mm. you know, in a, in a more kind of natural way, not yeah, so as yeah, characters, yeah. obviously. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, have those conversations with people. Test it out. Does it work? What are people's thoughts on it? Mm. Would, would someone be interested in coming to see something like yeah, that because ultimately you know it, when when it gets to the production side of the play which was what was a big learning curve for both of us on this one you know producing it you need to be putting stuff out there that people are going to be interested in yeah. basically yeah. That, that people are going to grab hold of so actually testing that beforehand helps I think and it helps you kind of shape which direction you kind mm. of want to go with yeah you know um, I and I suppose that. also
2: being open to um, feedback yeah and- you have to you, you have to it with yeah, a, yeah. A, there's yeah, no I room for
4: ego to. in no. this process no. there really isn't and I, also I think the thing is <laughs> like sometimes the natural tendency of human beings you know yes. i'm like this i'm sure a lot of people who are listening hopefully probably can relate to this but you know they can it can be difficult because you try so hard with something and you're like no i just want it to be and i put so much into this yeah. and then the thought of just the scrapping the whole thing feels kind of painful but actually the quicker that you can get over that yeah. and just go Do you know what it's not that working let's just cut it yes. you know the amount of time we cut lines we cut things and i know that there were points probably when Nathan was like, oh, I kind of want that line. And I was like, well, I kind of don't want it. And we have to kind of, you know, right, negotiate yeah. and find the yeah. balance. Because ultimately in this type of play with two of us, if it doesn't work for one of us, it doesn't it's work for both of us. Yeah, it? So. That, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
3: absolutely
2: amazed. I mean, the other thing I wanted to um, ask you, what, before we kind of end and close, is what has been your inspiration in life? Who, or who, oh. what, who, has been your biggest inspiration in your life?
3: That's such a brilliant question. Um, I think. Well, you know, I'm older now, so I think my answer would change from when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, not, not so no, right right. I mean, I like, mean, when I was younger, I would have said like Will You'd Smith. Shut when you know my I would, said, I would have said like Will
2: Smith,
3: you know, because yeah, you uh, didn't you Will Smith, uh, I, I. Well, you? I still like him. Uh, I know, obviously, <laughs> like that slap went a bit uh, far, but um, but probably, probably, I have to say my mum. Probably I have to say my mum because uh, like, all, of all she's done for like. Uh, me and my sister, and and like you know, just keeps on going and keeps on being like so kind of committed to her work and to her job and stuff like that. Um, and I hope I have the same kind of commitment to my work and my job. I know there was times that on this process, like I just think to myself, like, like why are we doing this? that like, you question it because mm-hmm. you go, know, like, why are we doing this? Like no one's making us do this. We're not forced to do this. Yeah. We, like, at, at, at the time when we started writing, and we didn't have a venue or anything like that. It's like we didn't have to do it. But then, like you think, because it's bigger. It's bigger than us, you know. Yeah. This is bigger than us. And if you like, that's Mainly what Liv was different. saying it, precisely. And what Liv was saying about like having something you believe in and you really like, um, you must push it, then like, you, you go for it, you know. And, and just like uh, what my mum does that, you know, every day. So, uh, so very grateful for my family and yeah. friends. So, yeah. Lovely.
4: Yeah. That's a great answer. Yeah. Um, I've probably got a couple. I think, kind of, on, on one level, I would say, um, Mikaid Cole, um, someone like her, Phoebe Waller Bridge, you know people out there who have really put themselves out there. Mm. <laughs> you know, you realize when you do something like this, you're like, wow, I am literally cutting open my chest, in a way, <laughs> and showing everybody <laughs> yeah, all the yeah, pain I've been through. And all of this is real stuff, and you know, people like that, you know, I May Destroy You, You know, a remarkable piece of television that was based on real experiences, mm. and to make that and produce that, and you know, anyone who's kind of created a show based on their own stuff and and have had the confidence and courage to tell their own story okay yeah in the form of a character tell but you know it. still, you're telling, still you're telling your story and you know mm-hmm. and actually putting yourself out there like that is you know it feels like a very daunting thing I think maybe. you're making yourself very vulnerable you are making Absolutely. yourself so vulnerable 100% because you know there were a lot of people that came to bubble cake in the end maybe not loads and loads but you know more than we thought would come yeah and you know that's so many, however many people that were there, it's all those different opportunities for people to kind of really criticise it and say, you know, hurtful things about it. And we have to sort of just be able to take that because as soon as you put something out there in the stratosphere... You can't take it back. What yeah. can you do? Yeah. You can't take yeah. it back, can yeah. you? And you can't sort of suddenly say, well, actually, you know, I don't really like what you said. So you have to kind yeah. of be open to it. So I think anyone who's got the courage to do that really inspires me, especially with something like theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd probably say on a family level, probably two people I can think of that comes to mind. My mum, number one, Mm -hmm. I mean, similar sort of reasons to stay for really, I Mm -hmm. mean, my mum's been there for for me through thick and through thin. We've been together, her and I, since, I mean, she she raised me, I grew up as an only child, so it was just me and her, Um, so we have been, you know, Really thick as Steve's port mm-hmm. my whole life. You know, I can't remember a time, obviously, <laughs> when my <laughs> mum hasn't <laughs> been. And we've gone through difficult times. Don't get me wrong; it's not been plain sailing. It's yeah. far from it, actually. But I think the the solidarity and the kind of united feeling I feel from her support and and love. And she came to all the performances of Mob Cake. She's out in the front row of everyone. Yeah, and before, <laughs> oh, and was yeah, as well. and she was flying so. like crazy around Crystal Palace, penned, all these places. She's like, what can I do? What can I do? And she was so invested in the project and believed so much in it um that having her support was just meant so much to me i'll never forget it and then last one but i've got to also <laughs> reference my cousin her name's danielle and she is she actually movement directed uh, mob cake so she helped us Lovely. um do the anybody dance that we do the burner boy song mm. and um young there's in a, young Gifted black mm-hmm. yeah we did that as well and um she came in twice to help us kind of put some moves because we knew we wanted I mean me coming from my musical theatre kind of yes. like background they you needed need a bit of encouragement so even though he's a brilliant dancer but choreography oh. is a different type you can of dancing he <laughs> can move he can move but I think learning steps is different yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and yeah. yeah and counting and beats and you know with the song and formations and positioning <laughs> yeah. and all that <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, you know the a yeah. and she came in and she just gave us two brilliant sessions and she um, you know her kind of She's a, a drag artist, she's a dancer, she does pole, she's so kind of invested in her culture. She's, um, you know, she comes from an African background, and that's the side that I'm related to her from, and the Caribbean background, and she's, you know, she's just so kind of well-rounded, uh, like, educated woman. She's just so yeah. inspiring. Yeah, fantastic. so her as well. Great,
2: fantastic. Um, sadly, we're gonna have to um, round it there, but do you know what, it's been an absolute, Pleasure meeting you and speaking with you. Thank you. Um, Zina. I'm so glad I got to see Marble Cake. I'm so um, glad you came. Thank yeah. you so, thank you. It was, so thank you it much. It was incredible. And do you know, keep in touch with us, mm. uh, let us know how things are going. Um, you never know. Um, if things work out, that may call you back for our Let's Talk Better campaign. Yeah, yeah uh, we're, be we're great. in the process of yeah. planning it at the really moment, really yeah, so yeah, it's, it's more about the successes okay. and the great stories that have come out of it because we've mm-hmm. done the whole. We haven't done the whole thing, but um, we've touched quite a lot on suicide and mm-hmm. all of that kind of things. So we kind of want to bring a bit of hope. Sure, nice. To, yeah, to it this bringing hope so it is important. It is really, really important. It's,
4: you know things can in life can sometimes you know for anyone that's listening you know things can feel really difficult and dark. And I would have never if if I had known at all that I'd be sitting here today talking about a play that we've written based on our own personal experiences of the struggles that we faced with being mixed race you know 10 15 years ago when i was at school really struggling with my race mm. and really being confused about my culture to say that this many years in the future that i would be here having written a play about it okay. and talking mm. about it and hopefully inspiring others to talk about it too i would never have you know dreamed that that could happen but that actually has given me so much hope well there we go and we'll end on that there's
2: always <laughs> hope much. thank you very much thank you thank you <laughs> And there we have it. Now if you're ever out and about and you see marble cake being advertised then please do go and check out this performance. Uh, I was talking to them and hopefully we can bring them back to Bromley during some amazing events that we have um, like the Bromley Borough Arts Festival next year. But um, it's really eye opening and educating. So thank you, Nathaniel and Olivia, wishing you all the very best on your journey and the successes of your plays. Now, we've just had World Kindness Day on the 13th of November. And while I was browsing through my social media, I came across Emma Mayhew's post, which I have to read. Okay, And her post says this. Today is Well Kindness Day and this post and poem is to show my support for this day and a few thoughts relating to it. Kindness costs us nothing. Being kind goes a long way. A hug or a smile or kind words can brighten up someone's day. It doesn't have to take much effort to show kindness from the heart. And if you find this hard to do, then a smile's a great start. Today is Kindness Day. And the world is in a bind. Whilst it's hard to make things better, you can help by being kind. So, so beautiful that is. Uh, Such a great um, poem to remind us about kindness. So thank you for that, um, Emma Mayhew. And um, she just finished her post by saying, I often wish the world was a kinder place, but I have also experienced many times where I found the kindness of others uplifting and inspirational. The kindness of others has also undoubtedly helped pull me through some of very difficult times. To me, being kind as often as possible to people you know, love and care about is incredibly important. Personally, my attitude is that it doesn't take much to wear a smile and be friendly and kind to those you don't know as well. And i try my best to do this as well so whilst difficult or personal circumstances may show may make showing kindness harder at times i try my best whenever i can the way i see it you can often or don't know sorry the way i see it you often don't know what someone else is going through or has been through whether you know them well or not. Life can be incredibly tough, and when it is, I think this can lead people to being rude, dismissive, thoughtless, curt, and distant. My view is they might not mean to act this way. It just could be because they are consumed by their own difficulties, suffering, and or business, work, or financial pressures. I believe showing friendliness and kindness is often all that is needed to lighten up the mood. I think it can help my turn a negative atmosphere into a more positive one and make people feel better even if only temporarily. I also think that being kind often opens doors to communication which can be a great healer of problems. To add to this I think showing kindness can enhance our own well-being too. After all smiling is said to be good for you. If Well Kindness Day does nothing more than remind us to start smiling and be that be bit more treat others like we'd like to be treated and be friendly and kind whenever possible and whenever we can then personally i think it's a day that's worth well celebrating so happy kindness day to all my connections i couldn't have said those words any better i completely and utterly resonate with every single word written on that post by Emma so thank you so much for putting that out there and for others to read thank you for sharing beautiful 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 right uh, let's have a look at some awareness days uh, aware, awareness weeks or what's happening in the month of November or should I say what's left of November? I can't believe where November is actually gone. It's just literally flown by. Goodness me. Uh right, so this month it's still National Novel Writing Month. We also have Movember, which is men's mental not mental, sorry, Men's Health Awareness Month. So, responsible for thousands of moustaches on men's faces in the UK and around the world. The aim of Movember is to raise vital funds and awareness for men's health overall. We have, oh, it's probably, it's all finished actually. Um, we had Anti-Bullying Week, Self-Care Week and Trans Awareness Week which was from the 13th to the 19th. And um, yeah, that's kind of all the dates for that week. I mean, there's so many other things going on um, throughout. Uh, Let me just check my calendar because we are now moving into um, December soon, sorry. I paused there for a minute didn't I Um yeah actually I think we're going to go into a music break let's lift up the beat and go Oppan into gangnam, gangnam style
3: Gangnam style <laughs> 그런 반전 있는 여자 주보다 야한 여자 그런 감각적인 여자.
2: song is going to be in the Christmas panto. Aladdin. Yes, we um, actually tried to group the dance the last week and oh my goodness, it was fun. We were all out of breath. I mean, yeah, but it was so much fun. (laughs) And then poor um, Mark, who plays Genie, had to come out straight away after the song and do his part. he was just uh, uh, huffing and puffing. Anyway, good stuff, all good stuff. Right, we are coming to the end of the show, sadly, but until next week, and um, yeah, if you know, before I do say adios, hasta la próxima semana, goodbye, see you next week, do you know what, I'm gonna quickly read, because I haven't done it, my angel crystal cards and then we'll say goodbye. Okay, so let's see what I have in store for you today. Gosh, even while I'm talking, I've got that Gangnam song in my head. Right, I have pulled out Rose Quartz. Beautiful card, Rose Quartz. So this is about love life. New and renewed romantic love is here for you okay so let's have a look in my little book so your heart is ready for great love and this card validates that your romantic prayers have been heard and are being answered rose quartz is associated with innocence youthful and playful romantic love so if you are currently in a relationship you may want to have a play date with your partner If you are single and are looking, rose quartz is a sign of courtship, crushes, flirtation and the bliss of new love on the horizon for you. Hmm. Turning the page here. Sorry, sometimes not great turning pages. This is also a sign of falling back in love with your life and valuing life itself, focusing upon your blessings and what you're grateful for, allows you to regain the love of life. Prayers can help you appreciate this amazing gift that God has given to you. That's quite lovely. So a little bit about the crystal rose quartz. This pale pink quartz crystal is associated with attracting healing and maintaining romantic love. Polished rose quartz stones are often carved into a heart shape to further amplify Their connection to love. So, There we have our Angel Crystal cast and it is now time to say adios, hasta luego, hasta la próxima semana, goodbye and see you next week. But before I do, thank you all for tuning in today and you can listen to this show, which will be transferred onto my podcast platform or any of the Audible platforms in the next day or two. Now, week by week, episode by episode, the show has tackled lots of serious issues and has a provided a platform for many stories to be told, a lot of them life-changing advice and tips to be shared, and continuing to disseminate the stigmas and taboos around mental health and well-being concerns. Now, if you have a story that you would like to uh, share uh, that will be life-changing for those who may be struggling, you've got personal insights that have worked for yourself and you want to help others see the light at the end of the tunnel, or, if you're a professional and you want to share some tips, tools, and strategies that have been life transforming for yourself and your clients. And if you want to tell us about what you are doing right now in the mental health and well being scene and how it is being talked about, what are you doing to make an impact? in people's lives. So if any of these apply to you and you would like to be on the Mindset Matters talk radio show, then email me at mindsethorizons at gmail.com. That's mindsethorizons at gmail.com. You can also connect with me by DM, DMing me, on, that's a direct message on any of my social media links, which is Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. I am on Facebook, but I don't tend to use that a lot. So finally, thank you to Intune PR with a passion enormously for sponsoring the Mindset Matters talk radio show and the difference that they are making in sharing and bringing about the importance of mental health and well-being. So continue to tweet in, send me your messages if you would like them to be on the next show at the same email mindsethorizons at gmail.com. Continue to tweet, tag me in everything amazing that you are doing. Now I'm going to leave you with my mission. It's to empower your mind to live the life you desire by helping you find and forge your path in life.
1: Mindset Matters Show: Exploring Mental Health and Wellbeing Horizons with Znet Numrani on Channel Two Radio. I
0: can almost see it, that dream I'm dreaming, but a voice inside my head saying, you'll never reach it. Every step I'm taking, every move I make feels lost with no direction. My faith is shaken, but I, I gotta keep trying. Gotta keep my head held high. There's always gonna be another mountain. I'm always gonna wanna make it move. Always gonna be in a battle. Sometimes I'm gonna have to lose. Ain't about how fast I get there. Ain't about what's waiting on the other side. It's the clock. It's gonna.